Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.53 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 12th day of September 2023, and this is episode 972 of Bitcoin. And the Circle P is open for business once again, and we are showcasing, of course, Rev.Hoddle's Applied Permaculture Class and Fireside Bitcoin Meetup. He will be having on September the 17th. Guys, this thing's coming up. This thing's coming up. It's in Baroda, Michigan. You got like five days. Actually, you got like four days if you want to go to the fireside chat, which happens September the 16th, right? That's the day before. You don't need tickets for that, but you do need tickets for the three-hour class on learning how to use permaculture to build sovereignty, resilience, and wealth. Um, He's going to basically tell you about what permaculture is. He's not going to teach you and give you like a permaculture design certificate that's like a 72 hour class okay that that's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of stuff to go through man that's a lot of stuff to go through um but he is going to show you what it does how some of it's applied what it is and how it can be used in some in, in things like not gardening not your property not outside in in the environment how it can be used you know, to, I don't know, for homesteading and, and how you do resiliency and finances. And, you know, it's just going to touch on it, but it will give you an idea that the design science of permaculture is more than just about gardening. It's more than just about shaping land to capture energy. It's more about, it. it's about a principle, a set of ethics. And when you apply these things, you and you apply the permaculture principles you're applying it to you can apply it to so many different things in your life not just outside in the environment i highly recommend that you go again it is september the 17th 250 out satoshis will get you your buy in you will have to dm rev.hodl on noster and you can just do that by getting on noster client at dot. Hoddle. And most of them will pick that up, especially if you're following the good rev. Uh, if not, the, his uh, end pub will be in the show notes. And yes, Fountain is still, they did a lot of upgrades to Fountain and it's great. It's awesome. I can actually double tap my, uh, my AirPods, but, 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 but uh, they, you know, tap my AirPods and get it to like fast forward, which is great. That, that's a feature I've been waiting for. But their show, their notes, their show notes thing, that is a mess. And I just, I, I can't seem to get my head around it, but it is what it is. We've got lots of stuff to cover today, so we're going to get right into it. Let's bounce right into Fortress. That's right, Fortress Trust. This is what Swan Bitcoin is now using for their third-party custody. Fortress lost customer funds prior to acquisition by Ripple. 
This is NoBSBitcoin.com. Quote, last week, four, count them, one, two, three, four customers were impacted by a third-party vendor whose cloud tools were compromised. Thankfully, there is no breach within Fortress Technology or Systems Impacted Accounts were fully restored, and more importantly, of course, there is no loss of funds. Fortress disclosed on Twitter on September the 7th, the day before getting acquired by Ripple. Quote, we immediately terminated the vendor integration and out of an abundance of caution, paused all accounts to assess and ensure system-wide security. We're taking all necessary measures to make sure the vendor is held accountable Conversations accelerated last week following the security incident via a third-party analytics vendor, but this opportunity makes sense for Ripple in the long term, said a spokesperson for Ripple, who clarified that the company, already a minority investor in Fortress, yes, that's right, Ripple was investing in Fortress back in 2022, had discussed a potential acquisition with Fortress previously reported the block. Quote, Luckily, Ripple was in a position to act quickly, to step in and make customers whole, and there have been no breaches to Fortress technology or systems. Fortress notified customers immediately of the incident when it happened, as they mentioned in their tweets. Swan Bitcoin, a customer of Fortress Trust, said that their client funds were not impacted by the incident. Here's the statement from Swan. Swan At Swan Bitcoin on Twitter says, Swan client coins are in insured cold wallets at BitGo and did not move during the reported incident at Fortress. The coins are protected by video calls and physical addresses and are not subject to any incidents at Fortress. Swan set up this agreement with Fortress to use BitGo as a cold storage sub-custodian precisely to prevent such a scenario. Swan has direct on-chain visibility to funds at BitGo. Now, this following is unconfirmed, unconfirmed, unconfirmed. It says, while it remains unclear whose funds were lost, rumor has it that approximately 450 BTC have been stolen from Fortress. Again, guys, rumor, total rumor, total rumor. Oh, uh, Patrick Ulrich, thank you for the 420 Satoshis. I appreciate it. Uh, By the way, I am streaming on zap.stream just to see what happens. Just to see what happens, all right? I don't know how the, you know, if it's going to work very well or not. There's not much that I can show because I'm reading you the news. So when you tune in, basically what you're going to see is well, my my digital audio workstation up and running as we're recording. It was the only thing that I could figure out how to do on such short notice. Um, let's let's just let's pontificate just a bit on this fortress trust issue, right? We got. I'm not gonna drag Swan Bitcoin's name through the mud. I'm just not. Okay. And the reason is because I like Corey. I like Corey Clipston. I like the way that he's been over the years when it comes to being a hardcore Bitcoin maximalist. And when they had to jump ship from whatever company it was that was custodying their coins and they immediately got into Fortress Trust, the very first thing that I heard about was that the same guy that started the company that they jumped ship from started Fortress Trust. And I don't know at all if Corey knew that. 
I presume that he must have, but I don't know. See, that's the thing is like, we presume all kinds of shit all the time. And we presume that he knew. You either knew or should have known as the court of law would actually, you know, you're getting grilled on the stand in a court and they're like, you either knew or you should have known. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I fucking didn't know. Maybe I just didn't know. So I'm going to cut Corey a huge break on that one. So then they get into Fortress. Well, turns out that Ripple was an early investor in Fortress back in 2022. I didn't know that. Did Corey know that? I'm going to, again, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt and just say no. But the problem is, is that at one point or another, you start asking yourself the question, how much do you not know? And that's a problem for Swan. Swan has one choice. And sure, they can survive. They'll be fine. They're not going to be a, 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 you know, unless they have one choice to stay in, to basically be a good, high quality, trustworthy Bitcoin company. And that is, they're going to have to get rid of Fortress Trust and they're going to have to do what River uh, Financial did and figure out a way to self-custody their own stuff. They're going to have to do it. You cannot be in bed with Ripple. You cannot be in bed with Ripple. You cannot be in bed with Ripple. It means it means being chummy with Brad Garlinghouse, the one of the biggest scammers on the planet, and you cannot do that. It's not brand safe. And as much as I'm like, okay, well, there's only so much you can do for brand safety, but this one, and and when that when the move happens, Corey's got to come out swinging and say exactly what happened exactly what was known, when it was known, and basically saying we got out because we're not going to be partners with Ripple. But again, the problem, there's problems here. There's problems with the fact that did you know, did you know Ripple was involved? If That's, that's a huge black eye. And I hate to see Swan Bitcoin have to go through this. But it is what it is. There's not much that we can really do at this point. But as usual, wait and see. And we're going to have to wait and see on Franklin Templeton. Who's Franklin Templeton? We're going to file find out. They have done, filed for a spot Bitcoin ETF. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Derek Anderson has it for Cointelegraph. Uh, the S-1 registration statement comes after the SEC delayed decisions on spot ETF applications from Wisdom Tree, Valkyrie, Fidelity, VanEck, Bitwise, and Invesco on August the 31st. And a court ruling on August the 29th that the SEC must consider Grayscale's application to convert its Bitcoin futures ETF into a spot ETF. According to the application, the fund would be structured in a trust. Coinbase would custody the BTC, and Bank of New York Mellon would be the cash custodian and administrator. Fund shares would trade on the CBOE BZX exchange. The SEC's next deadline for deciding on the application is October the 16th. Franklin Templeton noticed, or rather noted, it's noted, the risk from regulatory uncertainty in its application, quote, Digital asset markets in the United States exist in a state of regulatory uncertainty and adverse legislative or regulatory developments could significantly harm the value of Bitcoin or the shares, such as by banning, restricting, or imposing onerous conditions 
or prohibitions on the use of bitcoins, mining activity, digital wallets, the provision of services related to trading and custodying Bitcoin, the operation of the Bitcoin network, as well as the digital assets market in general. End quote. Franklin Templeton. Now, here's where we start understanding who Franklin Templeton is. If you've never seen one of their commercials on CNBC, listen up. Franklin Templeton has 1.5 trillion, that's trillion with a T, in assets under management. At the time of writing, the price of Bitcoin was up 4.11% and rising quickly. So this is another big boy. It's another great big boy. 1.5 trillion in assets under management is nothing to sneeze at. And if you do, then you clearly don't understand how much money that really is. So it's another big person diving in and saying, we want to spot Bitcoin ETF. And this, after a short squeeze yesterday of the Bitcoin price, it was a complete textbook short squeeze. It lured everybody into thinking that they were there. Oh my God, the price is going to crash. And then it goes back up to 26, over 26,000, basically liquidating a whole bunch of people that are doing what? Being absolutely stupid with their Bitcoin. You cannot time the market. Unless you're the one making the market, you cannot time the market. If you're thinking that you're watching the price and doing your technical analysis and that you're going to make a million dollars, you are going to get hosed. You got short squeezed. What will happen later today? Hell, I don't know. But what I do know is that while that shit was occurring, Franklin Templeton (laughs) gets announced that, well, you know, they want to get into the game along with Valkyrie, (coughs) BlackRock, Grayscale, and all the rest of them. So, again, is it good for Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin doesn't necessarily need it. But there's a lot of people that are not going to be able to get legal exposure to Bitcoin unless they have one. And yes, you can get exposure to the price of Bitcoin through futures, but that's just no way to live, brother. So there will be some people that it's absolutely critical that they get a spot Bitcoin ETF. For you and me, for you and me, for you and me, we don't need it. We don't want it. Why? I can just buy Bitcoin on the open market. And FTX apparently did. Yes, that's right. FTX does hold Bitcoin. We didn't think, we, from what we understood, when the whole thing came crashing down, that FTX had, had almost no Bitcoin. Well, that may not be true. The Daily Hoddle, uh, Daily Hoddle staff is writing, this is FTX holds $560 million worth of Bitcoin and $1.16 billion in Solana, according to court documents. Let's find out what these documents are. Court documents reveal that the bankrupt crypto exchange FTX is still holding over $3 billion in assets as of August the 31st, as shared on the social media platform Twitter by crypto reporter Colin Wu on August the 31st, 2023, FTX was still holding almost $2 billion in Solana, Bitcoin, and Ethereum alone. Quote, as of August the 31st, FTX held a total of $3.4 billion U.S. in crypto assets, including U.S. 
or rather $1.16 billion in Sol, $560 million in BTC, $192 million in, in ETH, $137 million in APT, $120 million in Tether, $119 in, a million in, God forbid, XRP, $49 million in BIT, $46 million in STG, $41 million in wrapped Bitcoin, and $37 million in wrapped Ethereum. According to Kroll Restructuring's document, the exchange had secured funds through the Chapter 11 process. The court records indicate the $2.6 billion of debtor and non-debtor cash has been confirmed to date. Quote, the debtors navigated the Q1 2023 financial banking turmoil and secured fiat from over 30 separate banking institutions globally. Cash has been located and pooled within a master account for purposes of safeguarding estate assets. Unrestricted cash has increased primarily due to venture investment monetization and stable coin conversions, end quote. Oh, Patrick Ulrich with another 420 sats. Thanks, brother. The documents show that FTX now holds more than $500 million worth of securities in its brokerage accounts. The security investments include $70 million in Grayscale Ethereum Trust, $36 million in Bitwise, uh, $6 million spread across other Grayscale funds, less than $1 million in BlackRock Equity, and a massive $417 million in Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust, which accounts for 79% of FTX's securities holdings. So... We don't know what the hell's going on. We were told that FTX didn't really have any Bitcoin. And it turns out, according to these documents, they got a whole shitload of Bitcoin. And of course, now that we know that they're held by people that don't respect Bitcoin, we've got yet another problem. It's like when you have a whole bunch of Bitcoin held by the United States Marshal Service, which they do. And you're wondering, when is the auction coming? (laughs) <laughs> when is the auction coming? <clears throat> uh, hold on for a second. I got a, I got a, a little, a little issue here. All right, there we go. So something shiny just happened to me. So you know me, I get, I get distracted. Um, yeah, it looks like they do hold it. I, I don't trust the liquida- liquidators with it. I, I, I don't know how. I think it would be easier for the liquidators to liquidate everything into us cash and then just make distributions out of us cash. But if I was one of the creditors for FTX and I found out that I could have just gotten the Bitcoin straight up, I'd be pissed. So if they do liquidate all this stuff, I, I suspect that there will be lawsuits against the actual bankruptcy guys. (laughs) This is, this is such a mess. And this is why good stewardship of Bitcoin is the primary focus of all Bitcoiners, right? This is why we're maximalists. It's because of we're, we're tired of people not stewarding things well. We, we're sick of people not stewarding the earth the way that it should be stewarded. We're sick of people not stewarding the financial institutions the way they should be stewarded. Same thing goes for universities, colleges, public education. Everything is not being stewarded the way that it should be. It's that stewardship that we're looking for, and we're not freaking getting it. All right, so that's just where I'm. I'm going squirrel. See, I get, I get distracted very easily. 
I'm just looking at I I I'm looking at uh the stream and I'm looking at, you know, some uh some things that that people are saying just so that I can kind of, you know, see how this is going to work cuz I don't I don't know how this is going to work. You know, I, 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 the reason that I'm doing a zap stream is that I want comments because you can't get that through Noster nests. I would, if I had my way, I would do this through Noster nests and on the right hand side of Noster nests would be chat. I love a chat, but the problem is I'm just one guy. So it's going to be a little bit difficult for me to stay on task and I do ask your forgiveness as well as your patience while I try to figure out how I can make this fun and interesting for everybody. DeFi Yogi, lol. Yeah, I know. You, I, you can point at me and laugh. Troll the shit out of me. I don't care. Make it fun, though. As long as it's fun, I don't care. what You can insult me. You can insult my heritage. You can point at each other and laugh. You can troll each other. But... Do it where it's fun, all right? That's all I ask. No, you, you know, somebody will go, oh, that are, they're being so mean in the chat room. Well, if it's fun, eh, I can, I can be, you can be mean to me as long as it's fun. That's all I ask. Now, here's what's not fun. Insuring your NFTs because CNA ain't going to do it. CNA insurance excludes NFTs from coverage in their $20 million trust policy, this is, who is this thing? Who's, who's writing it? I can't figure out who's writing this. Oh, bummer. Somebody from Cointelegraph is writing the following. CNA Financial, the seventh largest commercial insurer. Okay, so of all the insurance companies, CNA Financial is one of the top seven. Seventh largest in the United States has excluded... NFT coverage from Schwab Strategic Trust Policy, which is worth $20 million. In a filing submitted to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the insurer attached an exclusion to the document mentioning that the bond does not cover any loss, damage, claim, occurrence, or suit related to NFTs. The filing defied NFTs in the following way, quote, any unique digital identifier connected to any digital ledger technology which may be used to certify authenticity of ownership of anything, including but not limited to any digital, tangible, or intangible item, but cannot be substituted or exchanged for any similar item. So there's a notion of fungibility there. By the way, that almost to a T describes ordinals and inscriptions. Just say it. With the section attached to the policy, any losses related to NFTs will not, not, not be covered by the insurer. However, while NFTs are excluded from the policy, the document also clarifies that cryptocurrency is not included in its definition of NFTs. So they're singling out the bullshit. NFTs gain popularity. I don't care. You can talk about that part all you want. Despite the drop of interest or in interest in NFTs, some celebrities and businesses continue to dive in and they talk about that. They talk, you know, it's just a bunch of bullshit. At that point, it just fall. The, the whole story falls apart. We don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. But it is interesting to see if it and, and think of it this way, if CNA is one of the United States top insurance companies, then it's definitely one of the top insurance companies in the world. And they took it, they wrote down words 
and said, here's our definition of an NFT. This is what we think it is. And honestly, they got it. They've got it nailed down. And then they said, and it's not covered in our policy, or at least not for the Schwab, whatever it is. What is the Schwab Strategic Trust? They told Schwab Strategic Trust, it's like, yeah, we'll insure everything but your NFTs. Because they know that they're worthless, that they don't mean anything, right? So if you still think, for whatever reason, that buying a digital rock is going to make you rich, I hate to be the one to tell you, but even an insurance company is calling bullshit. Tom Emmer. Okay, here we go. Now we're back to the United States government. Tom Emmer is sponsoring an amendment to prevent Gary Gensler from weaponizing the SEC against digital assets again From the Daily Huddle, written by Alex Richardson, Congressman Tom Emmer said that he's back in plans to create an amendment that would restrict the amount of funds that the United States Securities and Exchange Commission spends on regulating digital assets. The majority whip of the United States House of Representatives tells his followers on social media platform Twitter, I'm not ever going to call it X, Twitter, that SEC Chair Gary Gensler has overstepped his power and is weaponizing tax dollars with the regulator's enforcement actions. Emmer says he wants to sponsor an appropriations amendment that would tamper the flow of tax money funding crypto enforcement actions. Quote, Gary Gensler has abused his authority to grow the administrative state to the detriment of the American people. Congress must use all of our tools, including the appropriations process, to restrict Chair Gensler from further weaponizing taxpayer dollars. That is why I'm planning to sponsor an appropriations amendment that restricts the SEC's use of funds on digital asset enforcement until there are clear rules and regulations in place, end quote. Emmer, a crypto supporter, said earlier this year in an interview with Laura Shin that crypto shouldn't be a partisan issue. He calls crypto-skeptical Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts a control-freak senator, quote, Elizabeth Warren said she may not love central banks, but she does love the design. I believe that she ultimately wants banks to be a utility, a government utility, and not privately owned. But that part aside, she desperately wants to hold on to the centralization and control that comes with central banking. And while I'm not opposed to central banking, I think it does serve an important function. And we're always going to have the traditional, in my mind, two-tier banking system that we've become accustomed to. It's going to have to evolve into the 21st century. And when you talk about digital assets and crypto, they can't stop it. If China can't stop it, when they outlawed all mining, which they haven't been able to completely accomplish, what do you think the country that still practices freedom is going to do? God damn, Tom. That's, <laughs> I love the ending of that. If China can't do it in their repressive-ass regime, what do you think is going to happen in a country that basically means freedom? Not that we really have all that much freedom, but it's a hell of a lot freer than China. And if they can't do it, what 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 does anybody expect here? What does Senator Elizabeth Warren expect anything? What does she expect to have happen? She like magic wave a magic wand, and you know, after she gets rid of Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin itself, she's going to turn herself into the real Pocahontas because that's not going to happen. It didn't happen when she took her DNA test. It ain't going to happen now. It's all wishful thinking. And this is one of the things that I love about Bitcoin. Within the seeds of understanding what Bitcoin is, 
is to understand that those seeds carry the humbling. And when I mean the humbling, I mean where you feel, where you get so humbled, you're fucking embarrassed. That's the humbling. That's the humbling quotient that's inside of Bitcoin. It exists. It's always been there. It will always be there. And every single time people like Senator Elizabeth Warren don't figure it out, then they will be the target of the humbling. In fact, I might actually call the, uh, let's hold on. I got to write it down. The humbling. Might use that as a show title today. Just, just saying. Um, all right, what's next? What's next? Uh, oh, flat coins. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about the naked mole rat praising this thing called flat coins, not fiat coins, not stable coins, not crypto coins, not tokens. No, flat, F-L-A-T, coins. Flat coins is the new thing on the horizon. It's a new thing. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong says, Matt Hussey. Or is it Husey? I don't know. Decrypt. It's a new thing on the horizon, Armstrong said in a recent interview discussing the future direction of the exchange. Quote, there's a couple of teams working on it. We're not building something in that realm yet, but we're interested in it, he added. Flat coins, a term first mentioned on Twitter by ex-Coinbase CTO Balaji Srinivasan, I never can pronounce his name, in 2021, are designed to move in line with inflation. Instead of being pegged to a currency or an asset, it's not the first time the CEO has discussed the technology. In a Twitter thread in late August, Armstrong placed flat coins top of the list of the top 10 crypto ideas that he was most excited about. Flat coins, here it comes. What are they? Flat coins are a type of stable coin designed to track with inflation. <laughs> Jesus. It's like the derivatives. You just can't stop. It's like, you know, I don't want anything real. I want something that represents real. Why do you think pornography is so big in the world? Why, why do you think that there's always been pornography? It's not real. It's a derivative of what you should be doing when you're trying to make babies. it's somehow or another derivatives seem to be part of the human condition. It's maybe it's like the humbling in Bitcoin. It's our ability to derive things from anything else is part of our condition. I don't know, man, but it's really causes problems anyway. So the flat coin by tracking inflation, uh, it, it's a better retention of value than stable coins. Offering a better return on their investment. My God, these people. Global inflation has risen sharply in the last two years, according to World Bank, meaning that the purchasing power of a currency has declined. Instead of fiat currency, projects typically try to follow a basket of assets to collateralize the coin. In examples seen by Decrypt, developers use a public cost of living index such as the consumer price index or a proprietary cost of living index such as trueflation to calculate the value of the flat coin on a daily basis and adjust the supply of the coin accordingly oh what could possibly freaking go wrong there are a number of projects currently building flat coins new on 
which claims to be the first true flat coin is an inflation proof coin built on Ethereum, of course. Spot, meanwhile, is pegged to the cost of living in the United States, whereas Solana-based international stable currency is pegged to a mixed bag of assets, including bonds, treasuries, and gold. Others, like Calypto, track real estate and commodities for collateral. Quote, existing U.S. dollar peg stablecoins are not only inflationary, but they are also borderline predatory. Uh, Richard, the pseudonymics co-founder of ISC, told Decrypt. Now, he added that current stablecoins take customer deposits and invest them at their discretion. Quote, when market conditions are good, they make billions in profit. When conditions are bad, users are holding DPEG stablecoins. This means users are taking all the risk while the big boys are taking all the returns on the risk. Best case scenario is that nothing blows up, but their purchasing power gets eaten away by inflation. What makes flat coins attractive, Richard said, is that not only do they protect purchasing power, but they also reward users for the risk that they take. In addition, he expects to see a long tail of non-collateralized debt position uh, flat coins follow ISC onto the market. The CDP stablecoin is one that uses smart contracts to mint stablecoins and liquidate positions if the underlying collateral drops. Non-CDP stablecoins don't use smart contracts to mint and collateralize. As with any coin in crypto, there's challenges to overcome. Yeah, the shit coinery just runs unabated. To track an inflationary rate or basket of assets, the flat coin creator must hold enough assets to compensate for losses incurred when investors pull out funds or assets depreciate. <coughs> Some projects use yield farming to achieve this. Yeah, yeah well, that's gone. But decentralized finance platforms can and have been targets of hacks, making you know them potentially risky. Although Armstrong is excited about the prospect of flat coins, they face an uncertain regulatory environment. In February of this year, the Canadian Securities Administrator announced plans to prohibit non-fiat-backed stablecoins, meaning flat coins could face further hurdles, and God knows I hope they do. This is a bad idea. It's bad, 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 bad. Screw it. Let's run the numbers. CNBC, futures and commodities. I got oil. West Texas Intermediate up past two points to $89.07. Brent North Sea is up 1.72% to $92.20. Natural gas up 5.6% to $2.75 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline is up 0.7 to $2.73 a gallon. Good luck finding that price at a pump. Gold is down 0.5%. However, silver is up 0.14. Platinum is up 1.4 while copper is down a quarter or almost. Palladium is up 1.95%. Lumber seems to be doing fine today, 1.21% to the upside. Biggest winner is sugar, 25 to the upside. Everything else is in the red. And live cattle is down a quarter. Lean hogs up 25 and feeder cattle is down, well, a quarter. I got the Dow up a quarter. S&P is down a quarter. NASDAQ is down 0.64%. And the S&P mini is up a third. Real money. I got it at $26,210. It looks like uh, average transaction value is a half a Bitcoin. Median transaction value is 26 bucks. Block times are really, really low. Eight minutes and 47 seconds. Holy shit. 0.2 BTC taking fees on a per block basis. And, uh, oh, I just lost my place.
33.1 BTC taken overall in the last 24 hours with a 4% rise in hash rate. The hash rate is now 420. It's 420 exahashes per second. And Doge, your shitcoin indicator, as always, is 6.2 United States pennies. I got $512.6 billion of market cap. That is exactly 4% of gold's market cap. 13.8 ounces of shiny metal rocks is what you can buy with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,483,293.07 of. And 4,728.28 of those are in the Lightning Network at uh, valued at $124.4 million, run over 16,192 nodes, uh, 68,373 payment channels that we know about, and 60, no, 73.9% of all that shit's being run over Tor. Uh, packed and stacked the mempools are, according to Yoda. 218 blocks or somewhere around there is carrying how many? Oh, 554,000 unconfirmed transactions. High priority transactions, you're going to pay 23 satoshis per V-byte. Low priorities are going for 18, and anything under 7.19 satoshis per V-byte are being purged from mempools around the world. Hash rate is 421.5 exahashes per second, according to mempool.space, so that's close enough for me. Now, I got back into the top 10, I think, and it was due, pretty much all of it was due right now to a couple of people. We'll start with Fat Toshi, 21,020 sats. Holy smokes. It says Fountain working today. Oh, yeah. Wild Hustle with 5,000 sats says Charts. Bully Stead, or Steed, says with one, two, three, four sats. Swan Alternatives, please go to River. River Financial. Uh, Z, uh, no, at zero two ZX with 791 says first boost. Oh, he's got a question mark there. God's Death with 370 says thank you, sir. No, thank you. And at zero two ZX with 100 says thanks for covering the travel rule mess from the UK. There seems relatively no talk about it and it's just really bad for everyone hope we can get this trashed we'll see how rishi rishi rish <laughs> like richie rich rishi rish does or doesn't react to the inconsistency with eu law and his corresponding amount of malice and incompetence i hear you he again o2zx again comes back with a hundred sats says first boost part two that wave lake track was not too shabby pro tip Open SoundCloud for a clickable link. Oh, no. uh, Pies finishes us off with 100 sats. Says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. And that's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. Mazin over on Noster has given a tree map of the top 30 note topics we've classified so far from Noster.wine over 12 hours of kind ones. I suspect we are over-labeling technology a bit, but then again, everything is technology. And he's got a nice little, he's got, well, a whole bunch of squares that represent the different percentage sizes of what's being talked about going through the Noster.wine relay and I love this because this opens the door for being able to do to help do filtering. Not I don't want Nostra.wine to filter shit for me. 
I want to be able to have the ability to construct my own algorithm so that I don't hear anything about maybe travel, which was 2.14% of everything going through, well, Noster.wine. Technology accounted for 15.26% of the topics being talked about through that relay. Greetings, you know, good morning, 12.29%. So that's number two. Good mornings literally is the top, is the in the top three of being talked about through Nosterwine. And I say to you, sirs and madams and Dominoon Heron, good morning. Bitcoin was 7.91%, coming in at, the, at number three. Not number one, number three. All right, so oh, I don't like Nostra because all they talk about is Bitcoin. That's bullshit because we talk about emotions 4.17% of the time. We talk about Nostra 5.39% of the time and currency 4.52% of the time. Food comes in at 326 and religion way down on the list right next to sports and fitness and business, history, and shopping. But fitness and religion are both coming in at 0.77% of topics talked about over Nostra.relay. Like, let's say that I've subscribed to Nostra.relay as one of my relays, which, or Nostra.relay, Nostra.wine, and I am subscribed to Nostra.wine. And then let's say that I have controls on my client that says, uh, we have filtering. Uh, what would you like to filter from uh, this one relay? Or would you like to filter them from all relay? And I might say, you know what? If it has anything to do with politics, I don't want to see it from all relays. I don't want to see it. Now, the, it, this begs the question, how are they getting these numbers? How are they saying, well, technology was 15.26%? Does it have to have the word technology in the note? Or is it AI scraping and saying, well, I read the whole note. This is clearly about Trump. So therefore, I'm giving it the politics label. I don't know, but Mazin, M-A-Z-I-N, if you can tell me how you guys are doing that, I love to hear it because it, it it's fascinating to me. Again, don't filter my shit for me, bro. Just let me have the option to do it for myself. F2 Pool is going, well, is offering to return the 20 BTC transaction fee to the owner if it's claimed within three days. So step up, step up, step up. If you were the guy that overpaid by, you know, oh, I don't know, $499,999 yesterday, right? While it's not clear who made the transaction, CASA's CTO, Jameson Lopp, noted that it is likely an exchange of payment process or exchange of payment, or sorry, hold on, did it again, is likely an exchange or payment processor, which appeared in late June and has since performed over 60,000 transactions. The entity is still actively making transactions. It holds over 400 BTC, and it is not clear whether it is aware of the incident. The address in question that made the fee calculation error has the characteristics of a withdraw-only hot wallet from an enterprise. It looks like it only receives deposits from one address to top up its balance every now and then. Quote, I'd, I'd bet that they have written their own payment processing software naively, not natively, naively. Clearly, they're new to the space. This address just appeared in late June. The transaction was broadcasted publicly and based on timestamps, spent six minutes and 35 seconds in mempools before being mined. The block was found by F2 Pool. Quote, we will put these 20 BTC on hold for now. 
to be redistributed to miners if nobody comes to claim it after three days, F2 Pool's co-founder and administrator Chung Wang said on X. So that huge fee that I told you about yesterday, F2 Pool is kind of being cool about it. They're like, well, clearly it's a mistake. And if the if the miner themselves and Jameson Lopp is saying that this is a mistake, then I think what I was saying about it yesterday about the possibility of a miner trying to get it in as an, in as a mining fee and convert it from off books to to his on mining that's wrong. And I, I can take it. I'm a big boy. I don't wear diapers anymore. But this now that we've got F2 Pool holding him back and Jameson Lopp saying that this is looks like a mistake. I think that that's cool. I think that F2 Pool is doing the right thing. I hope that kind of attitude, that kind of ethic, and that kind of morality hangs around in this space. We will have to see as usual. Now, former PayPal president David Marcus aims to turn Bitcoin, not shitcoins, but Bitcoin into a global payment network. Nick Hoffman has it for Bitcoin Magazine. In a recent appearance on CNBC's Squawk Box, former PayPal president David Marcus shared his vision for Bitcoin aiming to transform it into a global payment network. Marcus, who is the CEO of Lightning Network infrastructure company LightSpark, emphasized the importance of expanding Bitcoin's utility beyond a store of value. During the interview, he highlighted the significant strides Bitcoin has made over the past decade, evolving from an obscure digital currency to a recognized store of value and hedge against inflation. However, he argued that Bitcoin could play a much broader role in the global financial ecosystem. He proposed that Bitcoin has the potential to become a truly global payment network similar to PayPal, but operating on the decentralized Bitcoin network. He emphasized the need for Bitcoin to evolve further, offering faster, cheaper, and more efficient transactions, making it accessible to a broader audience. Uh, David Marcus is helping lead the charge to expand Bitcoin's utility in this area. In his current role as CEO of LightSpark, he is committed to doing whatever it took to realize the full potential of the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Because it's time for the world to have a universal open protocol for payments, Marcus continued. Though scaling Bitcoin into a massive global payment network is not without its challenges, Bitcoin's scalability issues have had its long-standing concerns. However, ongoing technological developments such as the Lightning Network aim to address these issues and enhance Bitcoin's capabilities. Regulatory hurdles also pose a significant challenge. Governments around the world are scrutinizing the Bitcoin industry with varying degrees of acceptance and regulation. Marcus acknowledged the importance of working with regulators to ensure the compliance and legitimacy of Bitcoin as a global payment solution. While significant challenges lie ahead, including technical and regulatory hurdles. The idea of Bitcoin serving as a decentralized, efficient, and widely accepted means of payment holds the potential to revolutionize the financial industry, making transactions faster and more accessible on a global scale. So the head honcho from PayPal that has jumped ship from PayPal, he's sticking to his guns because he said this before in other forums. David Marcus, I brought it to you like, I don't know, 15, maybe 25 shows ago. So like five weeks, like five, you know, five, six weeks ago, he was saying the exact same thing in a completely different forum. So good for him, at least being able to stay on, on track and not get into shit coinery. But do I trust him? Hell no. Should you trust him? Oh, hell no. 
You shouldn't trust David Marcus. You trust him as far as you can throw him. Even if you're a weightlifter, you shouldn't be able to. I mean, yeah, just don't don't trust these people. They're they're all they're all predatory. All right. Uh, <coughs> Let's see. Uh, Patrick Ulrich says goes to show there's a lot of content on Nostra Beyond BTC. Yes, yes, there is. There's a whole lot of it. But yeah, I have to build that following the people that you follow and the people that follow you. You got to build it. Here's the cool thing, though. How many times think about how many times you've had to rebuild your social graph when you go and move to a new platform. Think about that. You don't want to do it again. This is the last time you'll ever have to do it. This is the last time you'll ever have to build rebuild your social network. I promise. Build it here. Spend the time. Build it on Noster. Go get your friends from X or Twitter or whatever it is. Try to just keep jewing them down, man. Keep working them over like Guido in an alley trying to shake down money from the guy that's operating the bar and not really paying the protection money. You see? You see? Shake them down. Get them over here so that we can even have more and different and varied conversations like this one. <laughs> $150 billion coming to Bitcoin market once BlackRock Bitcoin ETF gets approved, according to a Bloomberg analyst. Yes, it's your daily hit of hopium from the Daily Hoddle, written by the Daily Hoddle staff. A senior Bloomberg executive traded fund, or no, I'm sorry, a senior Bloomberg exchange traded fund analyst says that around $150 billion worth of capital could flow into the Bitcoin market within a year or two if BlackRock's BTC spot exchange traded fund gets approved. In a new interview with journalist Paul Barron, analyst Eric Balchunas says that BlackRock's ETF could elevate the top crypto asset in the minds of many traditional financial advisors. Quote, if you have a BlackRock ETF, dude, that's prime time. I mean, we have a saying on the team. That BlackRock and Vanguard ETFs are the new IBM. And what I mean by that is that if you're a 65-year-old financial advisor and you were a broker 30 years ago, it used to be said that you could never get fired for buying IBM. It's just too good, an all-American company. None of your clients are going to be like, what did you get me into? Now you can't get fired for buying a BlackRock or Vanguard ETF. It's just too good of a deal. It's just too bulletproof, end quote. Wow. Balchuna says he bases his $150 billion prediction on the value of gold ETFs as well as the overall amount of money financial advisors manage in the United States. Quote, when I come up with $150 billion, here's the math. One is that's about how much gold ETFs have. Two is if you take advisors and wealth managers, they have $30 trillion that they can run for the rich boomers of America. Basically, if only 0.5% of that comes over, that's $150 billion. So there's your daily hit of hopium from the daily huddle. Uh, I don't necessarily, you know, try to bring you those because who knows if Eric has, is right. I don't, nobody knows if $150 billion is magically going to move over to Bitcoin if they get, if BlackRock gets a spot ETF approved. So my, my point on that one is this is what, okay, this is what I think about. 
They've all BlackRock has already telegraphed to the world that they want in to Bitcoin. And what did we what did we what did we see? Well, we saw the price of Bitcoin shoot up to thirty one thousand. It stayed there for a few weeks, and then plummeted back down to twenty five. Well, whoop de do. Okay, yes, that's a fiat price. I get, I, I, I feel you out there, but just bear with me. The damage should have already been done. If Eric is correct and $150 billion is waiting for approval, what's going on behind the scenes that we can't see due to price action? Because price action is our general gauge as to something's going on. As, as far as I'm looking at price, it looks like nothing's going on. Something's going on in the background that we can't see. Be aware that that may be what Eric Balchunas is saying is that all these people, they're positioning themselves and they're buying like not over the counter. They're not buying on exchanges. They're basically, you know, they're basically in their Bitcoin where it does not telegraph their intentions or the fact that they've bought Bitcoin. But I can almost guarantee you it's my gut feeling Gut feeling only, but that gut feeling says they're positioning themselves in the background. And I get the feeling that it could be a lot more than 150 billion. Guys, we're only at 500 billion right now. Yes, I get the fact that that's well, that that's well over 20% of inflows like all at once, and that would be a huge increase. But I get the feeling that there's more than that waiting on the table. Because it's bad out there right now, guys. Nobody knows what the hell's going on in fiat land. Even the guys that control fiat land don't know what's going on in fiat land. But let's move and stop talking about BTC for a second. Talk about the United States and Vietnam. Apparently, we've inked a deal on artificial intelligence chips and other technology worth billions. I don't know who's writing it. Uh, but it is written by the Cointelegraph. <clears throat> the United States and Vietnam formed business deals and partnerships worth billions to advance cooperation in artificial intelligence and other technologies. U.S. President Bo Jaden said the move is a formal upgrading of the relationship between the two countries and highlights critical sectors, including cloud computing, semiconductors, and AI. Quote, we're deepening our, tech, our cooperation on critical in emerging technologies, particularly around building a more resilient semiconductor supply chain. God dang, dude. He continued by saying he expects the economic partnership to spur more trade and investment between the nations. However, he did not fail to mention that the move is not about containing China, but rather about having a stable base in the region. Heads of major companies in the space, such as Google, Intel, Boeing, Amcor, Microsoft, and NVIDIA, were also in attendance. This is in addition to other deals struck by Boeing and another one by Amcor, which plans to open a new factory near the Vietnamese capital city of Hanoi. Beginning in October of this year, it will assemble, package, and test artificial intelligence chips, according to a statement from the White House. According to data from Acclimb, a regional corporate service provider in Asia, Vietnam is one of the world's fastest growing economies, ranking 34th worldwide with a gross domestic product of $450 billion. It has also recently shifted from centralized economic control to being more open, which has allowed the United States to become one of its largest exports. 
Wow. This recent AI-focused deal has reportedly raised the United States' two levels in Vietnam's bilateral hierarchy ties. In the past, this spot was occupied by occupied by China, Russia, India, and South Korea. Moreover, ties with the United States were previously stifled due to not wanting to upset China and a tumultuous relationship due to the war. These developments out of Vietnam come as governments around the world vie to produce and deploy high-level AI systems, particularly between the U.S. and China. In October of 2022, the Biden administration issued an export ban on China on the latest most powerful semiconductor chips coming from the United States, which they are considering tightening. China's new AI regulation was set in August. After the new laws went into effect, over 70 AI models have been released with over a billion parameters. The big part about this isn't as much AI as much as we're replacing Taiwan with Vietnam. And and it's, it's subtle, okay? It's not like we just bailed out of Taiwan altogether, but we're spreading, looks like, this is if if I were if this is true, then this is the only decision that I would ever be able to get behind by this administration. And you know, Bo Jiden ain't doing shit. It's some whoever's calling the shots over there in Washington right now is is doing this. But if it's true, then they should be doing this. You should be moving to v- Vietnam if they have the tech, if they have the, the education level of their populace, if they have all that down, they should be doing it. They should be. And think about this. If this is true, now don't admit, you got to go do your own research. <clears throat> you got to go do your own research. But, oh, it looks like my balance is below 500 sats. I got to top up on zap.stream. Hey, if the stream dies, the stream dies. I'm I'm not going to be doing that kind of stuff right now. I got to learn my lessons. Got to take my lumps live and on air. Anyway, if this is true and Vietnam is going to get this, then you might want to look at Vietnamese companies. If they're selling their stock on stock exchanges and they're well-known companies and large enough that they're not going to go belly up, and they are in some way, shape, form, fashion, or another in support of tech, then you might consider looking at them as potential investment opportunities. This isn't investment advice because I'm telling you that you have to do your own damn research. But if this story is true and we start moving into Vietnam and that ends up being a good relationship and we move more and more and more and more of our shit over there, then the, then the categories of businesses that support those industries are also going to rise. Just be aware. All right, we are at 58 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and cut this right here and say that this is the end of the morning roundup. All right, it's Tuesday. It's time for Dad Says Jokes. The adjective for metal is metallic, but not so for iron, which is ironic. Patrick Ulrich is offended by selling strong hands. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. You know where what that reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Adam's uh, podcast. Um Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. I used to be on his show a lot. I haven't seen Adam Meister around in a long, long time. If anybody knows where he's at, uh, 
Tell him I said, hi, I'd like to be on a show if he's still doing it. But yeah, offended by selling strong hands. That reminds, that is exactly the, one of the opening shots that Adam Meister always did on his podcast, which I miss being on. I really do. I got to tell you that. Anyway, we're going to, we'll see. Oh, I need to figure out how we're going to send this out. Uh, how are we going to send this out today? We're going to send this out with dogs and no quarter. That's what we're going to send it out with on a song. And this is a song that was recorded a long time ago and put up on Wave Lake not too terribly long ago by a friend of mine on Twitter and now Noster. I'm just going to play it and let it play out and we'll, well, hell, I'll catch you on the other side.
Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.